Welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont from DuPont Wealth Solutions. As a practicing advisor and attorney, Greg teaches pre-retirees how to reduce debt and taxes and save with less risk so they have more spendable income and plan their way to a better life. Join us for this journey where Greg draws on years of experience and guest experts to help listeners achieve more spendable income for retirement. Hello and welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont of DuPont Wealth Solutions. Good morning, Greg. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you doing this morning? I'm excited. I, I think we've already spoken about that before we even started. This is your inaugural podcast, and uh, I love this. This is going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to this next chapter. Yeah. All right. For the audience, now you're listening, the inaugural podcast, this is Greg's very first podcast, and it's split up into two sections, really. Kind of some of his history and why he became a financial advisor or truly a financial advocate. And l- let me do this. The first half is a little bit of history. and the second half, we're going to get into some personal questions so you can get to know him as a person. Greg, are you ready for this? Uh, I'm ready for whatever you send me. All right. <laughs> Let's do this. So, Greg, why did you decide to work in financial services? And I really, I'm really interested in the title that you picked, Your Financial Advocate. Why did you choose to become people's financial advocate? Well, Eric, uh, I use that phrase uh, deliberately uh, because I became a financial advisor, uh, in quotes, after being a practicing lawyer for more than uh, 15 years. Mm. Uh, And then I added this level of service uh, to my portfolio. But at all times, it goes back to the teachings that I had learning how to be a lawyer and how to advocate on people's behalf. And so that's Mm. where that title comes from. And what drives me uh, is more of an advocacy related view of things for my clients than a financial product or anything of that nature. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to my next question, Greg, who do you advocate for? I mean, really, what is your specialty and the type of clients that you're working with? Well, Eric, the interesting thing about my practice is I do strive to uh, help a very broad range of clients, clients that primarily come to me uh, concerned about debt and taxes uh, and just the uncertainty of the marketplace. What Mm -hmm. I don't do is trade stocks and bonds and those kind of things. That's not the the client that I work with. And I work with people that typically have between, oh, 500,000 and $3 million. And they're just trying to find their path forward. Uh, And whether that is trying to get themselves out of that consumer debt that they have accumulated or student loans that they've accumulated in a uh, a systematic fashion that doesn't leave them with nothing to show for at the end, Mm -hmm. or or those people that uh, have done a great job of accumulating and saving for their future, but still face that that future with more than a bit of uncertainty, you know, more like fear that either they're going to outlive their money or Uncle Sam's going to come in through taxation and crash a beautifully uh, designed plan for them and their family. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. I know that in the next podcast, Greg, you're going to really kind of flush out what you guys do for your clients, what it looks like from beginning to end, like from the very first phone call until they decide to work with you. But until that next podcast, can you give us a snapshot of what you do for your clients? We provide solutions. There are various uh, ways that those solutions get implemented, but as I mentioned, uh, the people that come to me have problems, fears, mm-hmm. concerns, uh, and we use our wide open platform of tools 
to provide them solutions uh, for whatever financial condition they present themselves to me in. All right. And that's, that's a beautiful place to be, right? Because it's whatever I bring to you. <laughs> it's not like you haven't seen it before. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. good. You've got that experience. And, and I, it sounds to me like there's absolutely no judgment, which is what I like, because I think that's a lot of people's fear of contacting a financial professional. They don't want to open the closet door. Well, Eric, part of my experience getting to where I am, when I did start practicing law, I started focusing on estate planning, taxes, and business. Uh, and I had a, a good number of people that came to me with consumer debt issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the uh, 2008 crash hit, at that point in time, I had just a, a flood of people that came to me looking for bankruptcy assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they saw no way out uh, of their debt situation. Uh, so, you know, I had learned along the way uh, dealing with people from that end of the spectrum with consumer debt, to, you know, people with millions of dollars and millions of dollars in debt, that each person is that, a person. You know, there's nothing judgmental. Uh, It is a condition and we have tools, we have solutions. And thankfully now, you know, the people that come to me now with debt issues, we don't have to resort to bankruptcy typically. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, it's really gratifying to be able to put people on a path that they never thought was possible uh, to get them to a a future uh, where they have you know, savings in the bank and they never have to go into debt again. Mm. So how do you find these new clients? I mean, obviously, it sounds like a lot of them found you out of necessity, but when you're looking to acquire new clients, how do you do that? Well, always uh, the primary source of clients, you know, is referrals, right? When you've done a good job for mm. your clients and uh, they see your solutions, uh, they're sending their friends and family that need assistance. So that's the primary thing. But uh, in all candor, this podcast is part of a broader initiative of mine, which I call my March to a Million, which is a goal that I have set for myself of positively impacting a million lives uh, before I hit the age of 65, which is uh, 10 years from now. Uh, so that's led me uh, with that goal and that prompting uh, to start doing things like this podcast, go out to the broader uh, media world and try to touch more people uh, directly that way. Yeah, wow. The, the Million March, is that what you call it? Uh, March to a Million. Yeah. March to a Million. Oh, man, that's fantastic. I love that. So what kind of client education or general education do you do for people? Well, prior to the pandemic, we would do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we would be doing workshops in present, having uh, those type of uh, interactions with people. Uh, we do do a lot of social media, uh, and we do have a good number of classes available online. I've got my uh, flagship retirement tax trap master class that I have out there, which is uh, an hour and a half, two hours of education on the trap that has been set for the modern saver as it look for retirement. Uh, and we have a bunch of smaller modules uh, for things like uh, the debt reduction that I just mentioned uh, and other elements of their financial world uh, so that they can get educated themselves without any type of pressure uh, from a financial advisor. Mm, absolutely. Now, 
I know that, I mean, you're amazing. We've, as I've gotten to know you, I mean, you're highly educated, obviously an attorney at one point, and then moving into this field. So you've got a lot of education, but you can't do this alone, right? I mean, that's all there is to it. I, not Superman. Sorry, I'm Greg. I don't mean to burst your bubble there, but uh, so and, and this leads me to who's on your team, and what do they do? Well, I've got a very talented team that works with me that handle a lot of the support issues uh, so that that frees me up to spend my time with my clients. Between my law practice and my financial advisory firm, I have a dozen people that support me in this endeavor, wow. uh, whether it is taking calls that come in, servicing the uh, clients you know, from beginning to end. Uh, and generally freeing me up so that I can spend more one-on-one time with my uh, clients. You know, as I continue this growth path, I will be adding other advisors. But right now, uh, when you do business with uh, my firm, you're doing business with me. Uh, and that's the, that's the brain trust. Now, I do have a I do have a, a broad network of partners that I work with uh, in the industries that are used to um, provide these solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that gives me the opportunity to leverage their excellence to bring that to my clients. Uh, it's kind of a skill that I learned back as a lawyer when we're talking about using expert witnesses and that type of thing, that it's not what you know, it's who you know and how you're able to bring those together uh, in a way to communicate that benefit uh, to others. Yeah, I, I, it's a very humble approach. I mean, we, we can't possibly know everything, so it's really nice to know, and like, I'm not an engineer, but I know one of my friends is, <laughs> and if I have a... <laughs> deep question about something that I want to design or build, it's, it, he's the first call I make. So, um, You know, Eric, uh, that's one of the reasons why I love what I do. Because mm-hmm. uh, I did make that decision many years ago uh, in, in about whether or not I was going to bring this financial component to things. And I am a lifelong learner. And, and I felt that initially, I thought that going to the practice of law, I'd always be stimulated intellectually. And I found that wasn't the case. <laughs> I found out there was a lot of repetition there, uh, especially with the, the type of law that I decided to focus on. Now, there are ones out there that you know, people are you know, new things every day. Well, that wasn't the type of law that, I, that interested me. Yeah. But once I started opening up the book on financial advisory and financial services and financial tools, literally, I'm learning new stuff almost every day because the industry is changing. A lot of the tools that I use now uh, I didn't even know of two, three years ago. Yeah. It's just constantly evolving. The product is constantly evolving, uh, and the uses of the product uh, are becoming more innovative as well. Uh, so that is what ex- excites me, kind of gets me up in the morning every day to think about you know, what's out there that I can use to help my clients. And it's amazing how many times um, I find something new uh, you know, from those promptings. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because exactly what you said, there's so many different companies out there that are creating and providing new and better products that you have to be on the top of your game for that. And that's not even to mention all the curveballs the government throws, whether it's tax legislation or, or different rules. or I mean, it just, there's so <laughs> many things that you have to learn and pivot on. I think it's fantastic. And that's an that's ideal place for a lifelong learner, for sure. Greg, You've already spoken about a lot of your education, but what designations or advanced education do you have specifically to financial services? 
Well, I'm proud to say that even though I had the memory of taking a bar exam in my background, uh, I did decide that I was going to challenge myself to uh, another level of testing. That was the Certified Financial Planner Mm -hmm. uh, Certification Testing. Uh, So a handful of years ago, I... I looked at what I could do, and there were ways that you can petition to have some of your law experience accepted in lieu of classes, but I decided what I was going to do is uh, double down to learn the industry. Uh, So I actually took classwork that was necessary to qualify for the certification test. Did pass it with, uh, not sure if it's flying colors, but I know I passed it on the first go around. So uh, that's, yeah, uh, <laughs> that was, that was an, enough of an achievement for me that uh, from there on, uh, you know, believing that that's the gold standard in this industry, that's the only certification uh, that, that I have got in this industry. Um, you know, I do find that there are a lot of people that buy different labels for themselves in mm-hmm. this industry. I don't think that there's any reason to pursue any more certifications. Yeah. So I, I want to take just a moment, Greg, to speak directly to the audience. <clears throat> and I, I'm not an advocate for any website specifically. However, I do mention one because it is very robust, and that is Investopedia. If you're listening to this and, and you are not familiar with financial services and the designations and things that, that are out there, please go to Investopedia, and I think it's investopedia.com. That really breaks down a lot of the lingo that is used in the financial services industry. And look up CFP because Certified Financial Planner, that is one of the, if not the most robust and most difficult designations to get. And there are over 200 designations for financial advisors. And like Greg said, there's there's some that are like, it's like a scratch-off ticket. You just, you, you pay a buck and a half and then, you know, you oh, look at me, I've got these letters behind my name now but not with the CFP. That takes years uh, a lot of times, and it's, it's very rigorous. So Investopedia is a great place to go look and get some of these definitions if you hear different things during these podcasts that you're just not quite sure about. That's a great resource. And read about the CFP because you'll have a whole new appreciation for the work that Greg put in. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. All right, back to you, Greg. Sorry. <laughs> uh, my last question on this section really is, is, a, is a big one, uh, but what is your financial philosophy? So, Eric, that is a a great question. My philosophy with regard to money and investing is a philosophy that starts with the belief that it's your money, you've worked hard for it, you need to be able to make decisions that you're comfortable with regarding that money. It's not mine. It's not my play toy. Uh, I am not there to test new investing tools, test new uh, hot tips or anything like that. No, I am here to be a steward of your money uh, and to help you make those prudent decisions because most of the clients that come to me, again, are concerned about their future. Uh, they don't want to take the risk that the market gives. They know that they have to have some exposure because that's the only way long term we're able to have those funds outgrow inflation with any reasonable um, margin of error. But uh, they're in no shape to take a 40, 50, 60 percent loss like we have with you know, bear markets in the past. Uh, and so my philosophy always starts with that proposition that you're entrusting me to help you protect those funds and grow them prudently. Mm. That's great. 
All right, now we're on the second half of the podcast, which is more of the personal stuff. You ready? Fire away. All right, Greg. When you're not working, what are you doing for fun? Drinking a martini. Sapphire. Shaken, not stirred. A little extra dry with an olive. (laughs) You say with an olive? With an olive, yeah. Yeah. Straight, plain olive, no blue cheese. It just taints the vermouth and the gin. It just doesn't work. Yeah, that's... I, I hate olives, so the, uh, I'm good. Just keep the olive. I'll give you mine. You can have two. Fire yours. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Greg. If you had to, if you had to pick one person, who's your hero? My father. Why? Yeah, you know, my father was a uh, pharmacist and a small business owner, mm-hmm. uh, and. That is what framed my uh, view of the world, both positively and negatively. I mean, I, it's inconceivable to me as I sit here now uh, at 55 years old with one child, with a, being a small businessman myself, mm-hmm. uh, how my father managed to raise seven kids. Holy cow. Uh, on a single uh, earner uh, income in a upscale neighborhood here in central Ohio, put them through college and all that. Uh, and so, you know, I also learned, you know, from him, the lifelong learner. I always remember him sitting at his chair reading, uh, you know, his trade magazines and those type of things, improving himself, mm-hmm. giving back to his profession along the way. Uh, and, you know, always looking for the right next solution for his business. I've uh, got to share with him the the triumphs and the struggles of that over the years, but uh, that's always the, the driving force for me, uh, that you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and learning more and delivering more, and uh, ultimately, you know, things do work out the, the way you want them to. All right. Sounds like a fantastic guy. Uh, yes. All right. If you had all the money you ever needed, what would you do? And when I say all the money you ever needed, you wake up tomorrow and you look at your bank statement and there's over a trillion bucks in there. <laughs> you know, I would do what I'm doing on a different level. You know, it's right. It's taken me 30-odd years of professional life to – to be able to to get to that point where I can say that with uh, with not feeling like I'm bullshitting myself, mm-hmm. uh, it's you know I I love what I do and being able to impact lives and improve lives the way that I do, and if I woke up with a trillion dollars, I'd find a way to do that more because you know, as much as I do enjoy a, a dry sapphire martini with an olive. I can only drink so many of those Uh, and sitting on my rear end trying to squander a trillion dollars is not the way that I'm designed. Yeah. Oh, I'd I'd love to see the plans that you would make with that. And and I hope you wouldn't mind including me in that a little, not, not, not not like giving me any, but like hiring me to do something. I mean, I can, I can wash those martini glasses and drive you around to all the things you're going to be doing. (laughs) Very good. You can help me with my March to the million. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'll strap on the boots and start moving. All right. <laughs> so who is your favorite person in history? This is kind of a different question, but who's your favorite p- 
person in history and why? You know, Eric, um, in all candor, uh, you asked me at the beginning of this, you know, what do I like to do with my free time? Uh, and, you know, one of the things I do with my free time is I, I do a lot of reading. Uh, I do a lot of uh, inspirational reading, self-development type of reading, but also I've read a lot of biographies and mm-hmm. uh, or autobiographies for that matter. And if you look through time, there are so many uh, luminary presences that are out there, you know, from... Lincoln, Washington, you know, come today, you know, Jobs, and along the way, Einstein. You know, these are all people that their stories are so motivating uh, and inspirational that I can't pick any one out that stands head and shoulders above the other because I believe that we just kind of build upon uh, the experiences of humanity. There are just so many people out there Uh, that I do uh, admire what they have done, that I don't have any one that I would single out. All right, I'll take it. Greg, (laughs) what's your idea of success? Well, Eric, that's where uh, my March to a Million came from. I was at a uh, retreat a couple years ago, uh, and it was a leadership-type retreat. And one of the things that they challenged me with in that that session was, you know, what is success for you and what do you want to accomplish? For me, success always starts at home based upon the love of my wife and my daughter. Uh, And then from there, it's going out and affecting that broader community to that March to a Million goal uh, and helping improve lives along the way. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful picture. All right, Greg, what is one thing that you recommend to most clients, family, or friends? And it can be anything. It could be a book, like, you know, the ones you've, you've, you've read time and time again, or it could be pizza. It could be how to have a martini. I, I don't know. What, what's the one thing you recommend? Well, we talked about people mm-hmm. uh, and luminary presences, and Steve Jobs, one of them that I do hold in my pantheon, as it were, And the Apple logo, Think Differently. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things that I always challenge people to do. Uh, Because we are being guided uh, by forces. I won't say that they are necessarily evil forces or anything like that. But, you know, the the, the forces of of the media, the forces of popular culture, and they, they, they push us in certain directions. Common knowledge pushes us in certain directions. And when we take a moment and we step back from that and challenge that a little bit and think differently, that's when we can make these small changes to ourselves and our financial picture mm-hmm. uh, that can yield such tremendous benefits down the road. All right. This is my favorite question uh, of, of all the questions. Greg, tell us one thing that most people don't know about you. Well, I shared my darkest secret, which is not a secret, uh, which is my martini uh, proclivity. <laughs> so I won't say people don't know that about me. Uh, I guess uh, the one thing that people don't know about me uh, in the sense that I, I am out there so much in the, in the media and meeting people so much uh, uh, that I'm really a, a very private guy, uh, that it doesn't take much uh, for me to find joy. I guess I might have learned this lesson from my 
now deceased uh, father-in-law that the simple joys of just spending quiet time uh, with the ones you love, that's all I need uh, to get juiced up. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. All right. When when people lose focus, and, and you and I have both experienced this, not necessarily personally, but we've seen it happening in the last six months with COVID and with the, the lockdown and, and all the things that have been happening, people can lose focus, get into a bit of a, I don't want to call it depression, but kind of down down to the dumps, right? Do you have a mantra or motto or something that you say to yourself to get you back on track or to keep yourself focused? I have several tools like that that I use, Eric. You know, you mentioned, you know, the, the reading of the books, all the books I read, uh, Hal Elrod's The Miracle Morning. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but he sets forth in that book a, uh, a daily practice that's you know, basically some some spiritual or intellectual challenge in the morning through reading and quiet time. Mm -hmm. I I do uh, cherish that quiet reflection time throughout the course of the day. And, uh, you know, I do have beliefs and mantras that I recite, I guess, uh, or at least think about or view uh, that, that are constantly reprogramming my brain. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the, things that I have to remind myself is when the days are long, when I'm going from meeting to meeting to meeting and you start feeling tired, is just remembering that this is what I'm here to do, uh, mm-hmm. that, I'm, that I've, I've got this goal, this march to a million, that I am, even though I am going from, again, meeting to meeting, I am impacting and helping that life. Uh, and that type of thing just becomes re-energizing. And so, you know, as you're looking at all the challenges of the world out there, you know, once you were able to find that purpose, find your why, and as Simon Sinek was famous for mm-hmm. uh, talking about, uh, when you find that why, you just, you know, every once in a while, you just got to go back to that, to get yourself centered uh, and to find that inner energy to keep pushing forward. I know that one thing that uh, we can draw on is is you've got your why, like you said, but being able to see some of the achievements that you've had, either because of that why or just because of the achievements that you've accomplished in your life, if you had to look back on all those, what is your proudest achievement, Greg? My proudest achievement is that... Um, I was able to get my daughter off to college now, healthy, nice. um, uh, happy, uh, centered, uh, okay. and excited about what's going on. My wife is the the, the primary reason why that happened, because. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that's that's my accomplishment. Not that I'm living through her, but understanding the, the challenges that that they're there and how. Uh, fortunate I am that we've been able to get to that point in time and seeing so much through my exposure to other people's lives. uh, That is right now my crowning achievement. Fantastic. All right. Here's really the last question. And it's, it's kind of a, it's wrapping this entire podcast up today. You have the attention of a lot of people. This, this podcast is nationwide. Who should listen to this podcast? And can you give us just kind of some glimpses of what we're going to be talking about in the future? 
you know, as we go forward in developing this podcast, um, I, I don't want it to be just a dry conversation about financial tools and all that stuff. That can be real boring real quick. Uh, you know, uh, this uh, podcast is my effort to do some of that education, help people uh, learn some of these uh, tools of the trade that are out there that they may not know of. But it goes deeper than that. You know, as I've kind of reflected throughout the course of our conversation here today, you know, I've uh, been blessed by having many good mentors and coaches and continue to be mentored and coached. And uh, I intend to uh, share some of those type of observations and uh, skills and the tools that I've learned that way so people can maybe, again, not only improve their lives financially, but uh, improve uh, the rest of their life. Because it ain't about money, folks. Uh, this is about living your life uh, and having your money support you in your lifestyle the way that you want to live your life. So that's our journey together uh, to be able to you know, learn so we can make some good decisions financially, but always furthering the thought that uh, how do we use our hard-earned dollars the way that we want to to live the life that we want to live both now and in the future? Absolutely. Fantastic, Greg. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Eric. You bet. And the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Your Financial Advocate podcast with Greg DuPont. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, which I know you haven't because this is the very first one, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Greg comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share this podcast with your friends and family. And you're going to want to, because one thing that Greg didn't mention that I will is that Greg has plans to bring on some guests, some pretty phenomenal guests onto the podcast in the future. So you're not going to want to miss those. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at DuPont Wealth Solutions, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Advocate. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of DuPont Wealth Solutions. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.